Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about extraordinary results today. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. You know, I looked up in the original Greek text, and that's what the New Testament is written. I looked up that word abundantly. You know what's interesting about the scripture? It says exceedingly, and that's not enough, abundantly. Those two words are put together, exceedingly and abundantly. You know, the word abundantly actually means more than necessary. More than necessary. Listen to this. In the Greek text, it means above ordinary. And I love this because it actually means in the Greek text, extraordinary that we have a God that is able to do exceedingly extraordinary could you put that back up on the screen for me please exceedingly abundantly extraordinary above all that we can ask how many of you know your ask is not God's limitation well I don't get anything the Bible says you have not because you ask not And even when you ask, he can do extraordinarily over what you ask. And look at what it says, above what we ask or even think. So God can do exceedingly above what we can even ask, think. One translation says, even imagine, according to the power that works where? Within us, within us. And today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about extraordinary results today. You know, I don't know if you have ever been asked this question. It's a famous question. When you were a little kid, has anyone ever asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wonder, did you turn out to be what you thought you would be? You know, my, six, my, seven, my, my son is seven years old now, and I asked him this question when he was six. And I love asking kids questions because I love their answers. It's so spontaneous. Sometimes it comes from their imagination. Sometimes it's just very blunt. And I asked my son, I said, son, Gavin, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know what he said? Dad, I just want to be me. I said, whoa. That's pretty profound. That's pretty awesome. Because when I was six years old, I wanted to be a, a fire truck. When I was six years old, I wanted to be a police car. Like I wanted to be something important. But he's like, no, dad. You know what? I just wanted, I just want to be me. And you know what? In 20 something years of pastoring, I've never heard anyone say, you know what? I just want to be average. My goal in life is to go to college and be ordinary. Like, I just want to be ordinary. I've never heard anyone say that. As a matter of fact, I hear people talk about dreams and visions and extraordinary things. And yet, I don't know if you would agree with me, but how many of you would agree with me that life is filled with ordinary, mundane things? All right, let's, since we're a little slow this morning, every day we get up and pretty much put on some clothes. Can you say amen? amen? 
Now, those of you that don't say amen, we don't know what you do, but that's okay. So let me try it again. I know the coffee wasn't as strong this morning. When we get up in the morning, pretty much we put on some clothes, right? Amen, right? We eat something, unless you're fasting, right? Life is filled with just ordinary things. Go to work, right? Get inside. It's ordinary. But you know what's amazing is we're going to look into some people's lives and we're going to find out in their ordinary, many of them made one decision that catapulted their life into extraordinary. Because I believe God wants to take our ordinary and make it extraordinary. If you're taking notes, write this down. God is concerned about your ordinary. God is concerned about your ordinary. Turn in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 5. Verse 1. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. I've entitled today Extraordinary Results. And we're going to look at someone. His name is Peter today in the Bible. And let me give you a little history as we go to Luke chapter 5. Jesus is talking and all of this multitude of people are following him and they're following him. They're hungry. They want to hear what he has to say. They've seen him do miracles. And so they're excited about that. And he's actually getting pressed back towards the Sea of Galilee. And he sees this boat that he's about to get in. And let's look at Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, So it was that the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gerasset. That's really the, the Sea of Galilee. And two boats standing by the lake, but the fish, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats which was Simon, and later we'll know that his name is, is Peter, and asked him to put out a little bit towards the land, and he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Now we're going to look at this story and we're going to stay in Luke chapter 5 today and we're going to kind of break down this story because Peter is going to see some extraordinary results in his life. Now notice what's happening. People are pressing Jesus to hear what he has to say. And you know what I love about Jesus is that he doesn't leave people empty. Can I hear a good amen on that? He doesn't leave people empty. When we hunger and thirst after righteousness, you know what the Bible promises us? That he will fill us. So they're desiring to hear Jesus and Jesus doesn't leave them empty. You know what he does? He preaches to them and he's getting backed up into the sea and all of a sudden he sees these two boats and one of these boats happens to be Peter's and he gets into Peter's boat. Now, here's something you need to understand about Peter. Peter had a fishing business. His dad was a fisherman and Peter had this fishing business. That boat was very important to Peter. That boat was one of Peter's biggest resources and tools besides the nets that he had. And guess who just jumped into Peter's boat? A man by the name of Jesus. Can I ask you a question? Have you allowed Jesus into the boat of your life? Have you, see, because what happened is when Jesus stepped into Peter's boat, he stepped into Peter's business. He stepped into Peter's business 
affairs. And I want to ask you this morning, have you allowed Jesus into your business affairs? Because some people are like this, Jesus, it's none of your business. It's none of your business, but we're going to see because of Peter's response to Jesus, he's going to be real happy that Jesus got in the boat. And let me encourage you. This is what Jesus will do when you get and allow him to get into the boat of your life. Jesus pushes back. He turns that boat into a pulpit. And he uses it. What does he do? He turns that boat into a platform to preach his word. And here's what, we will, this, here's what will happen. When you allow Jesus to use the boat of your life, he will turn your life into a pulpit and a platform for his glory. And so Jesus is preaching and he's looking. And Peter's like, he's in my boat. He's in my boat. He's in my boat. And he's looking and he's cleaning his nets. And all of a sudden Jesus stops and he looks at Peter. Look at verse four. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. How much did they catch? How much did they catch? Nothing. But look at this. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Here's what I want to do today, because we can learn a lot from this interaction right here. I want to give you five ways you can experience extraordinary results in your life. Are you ready? Peter's at work. It's an ordinary day at work. He's cleaning his nets. He caught nothing. There are no results. And here's what's interesting to me. As Jesus is preaching to the crowd, he hasn't lost sight of one person named Peter. See, a lot of times when we look at Jesus, we think that, well, yeah, he loves the world, but we forget that we are a part of that world. And I think sometimes we think that God so loves the world that he forgets about me. But what I love about what's happening in this interaction is that as soon as he's done with the crowd, he addresses somebody's personal need. And we have a God that's big enough to love the world, but still be interested in the very details of your life. Come on, somebody. And he didn't have to address Peter, but you know what? He got into Peter's boat and he looks at Peter and Jesus realizes what's going on with Peter. Can I just encourage you? You are not just a face in the crowd to Jesus. You are not just a face in the crowd. You are an individual and Jesus notices that Peter is frustrated. He notices that Peter has caught nothing. And look at what Jesus says to Peter. Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to launch out into the deep. And here's number one. If you want to experience extraordinary results in your life, you need to know that Jesus sees beyond what you see. 
Jesus sees beyond what you see. Peter is looking at his empty nets. He's looking at his circumstances. They are not good. Now, I want you to think about this with me if you were Peter. Peter is literally telling Jesus, I've been up all night without Starbucks. Come on, somebody. I've been fishing. I have caught nothing. Have you ever worked a night shift? I worked a night shift for about a year at a place called Sam's Club. And I worked at a night shift and I was stocking uh, the shelves at Sam's Club. And we were stocking and I talked to an older gentleman. He was probably in his 60s. And we were talking about the night shift. Anybody ever worked the night shift? Let me see your hands. It's not fun. And I talked to this gentleman who'd been working the night shift for like 15 years. And I asked him this question. Do you ever get used to it? And you know what he said? No, you do not. That really gave me hope. But you know what it's like to work all night and not get a paycheck? Do you know what it's like to work all night and have nothing for what you have invested in? Here is Peter, and he says, I've toiled all night. You know that word toil in the Greek means? I'm exhausted, I'm tired, and I have nothing. See, I'm okay with being exhausted and tired when I'm getting a paycheck. But you know what? To be exhausted and tired and have no results, have nothing. And Jesus, you want me to launch out into the deep? Now notice what Jesus didn't say. Peter, I saw you caught nothing. Go ahead and quit. Go ahead and go home, Peter. Do you know that Peter was actually cleaning his nets? Now, a fisherman, it's, it's a really tough job to be a fisherman. They work during the heat. They work during the, the cold. And at night, all night, Peter was there all night because that's the best time to catch fish. But after your, all of your work at the end, you have to come back and you have to scrub your nets. Because if you don't clean and wash your nets, the algae and all of the fungus and stuff can begin to eat your nets where you would have to go and buy new nets. Peter was basically saying, by cleaning his nets, we're done. We're going home. And Jesus says, you need to launch out into the deep. What? I'm a fisherman. I know this sea. I know what the best time to fish is. Jesus, aren't you a carpenter? Last time I checked, your dad, Joseph, was a carpenter. My dad was a fisherman. I know fishing. But you know what I love about Peter? And this is the crucial decision that Peter comes to that's going to change his life. You know, I think that when we tell people, man, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Man, you need Jesus in your life. People are like, man, I'm tired of life. Man, life hasn't dealt me good circumstances. I'm tired to try again, to launch out again. See, this is how Peter feels. But for those of us who've allowed Jesus into the boat of our lives and the important affairs of our lives, we know that he gives us the life that we need to do life like he wants us to do it. But a lot of times when we tell people about this great life, they're already life. I, I'm, I'm, I'm worn out on life. I'm exhausted. Yeah, but you don't understand. Here is the pivotal key. Listen to what Peter says. Peter says, nevertheless, Jesus, at your word, I will launch out 
again. I will do it again. So here's number two. See, if you want extraordinary results in your life, here's what you need to know. You need to know that I am responsible for the response, but God is responsible for the results. God is responsible. Peter's like, okay, because here's what Jesus was asking. Think about this. Jesus is asking Peter, launch out again. You're going to have to face your failures. You may be disappointed again. And Peter's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to face this fear of catching nothing again, being frustrated again, disappointed again. But you need to know something about God. God has a track record. He has a track record of calling people to do things that exceed their natural ability. And this response to Jesus would be pivotal in Peter's life. I want to encourage you today because our response to Jesus's word can determine whether you stay ordinary or you go to the extraordinary. Your response to Jesus's word will depend whether you stay frustrated in life or you experience his life. I'm going to take a pause here for just a moment. Do you know that I'm not responsible for your response today? Do you know that as a preacher and a pastor, here is my responsibility. My responsibility is to lay out the word of God. How you respond to it is up to you. And you know what? When I go home, I wash my hands clean of the word that I gave because I believe it was on my heart. There will be people in here today that will respond to this word. They will go from ordinary to the extraordinary. And you know, the sad part about my heart is that I have to witness and watch people walk out of here, heard the same word you did, and they will stay the same and they will stay in the ordinary. You know why? They will not respond to what God is saying. And I'm not responsible for your response. You are responsible today for your heart. Can I hear a good amen? That's why it's so important when you come in that you come in expecting. Listen to this, this scripture. This scripture really challenges me in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. It talks about for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they had heard, listen to these words, did not profit them. Not Why didn't it profit them? We're going to find out. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So today, as the word goes forth, here is your responsibility. Respond. And you know what God's responsibility will be? He will take care of the results. Today, when I respond to God, he takes care of the rest. And we're going to see that in Peter's life. Now, let me just say this as a disclaimer, because, well, Pastor Phil, when you talk about results, are you saying you are not result-oriented? Oh, I'm results-oriented. I care about numbers. There's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. And all the accountants say, amen. I care about numbers also. But you know what? I'm not responsible for them. You know what I'm responsible for? Responding to Jesus. When I respond to Jesus, he takes care of my results. And here's what I've learned. 
My results in my own strength are exactly like Peter. I end up with nothing in my nets, frustrated and disappointed. And some people lose focus of being obedient to God because they're so focused on results that they forget. It's not about the results. It's about your response. And if you'll take care of your response to him, he'll take care of you. Come on, somebody. That's a good word this morning. I'm responsible to respond and God is responsible for the results. And this decision would determine whether Peter went home with nothing or went home with totally supplied and profitable. Listen to what Peter says. I hope you would say this. Peter says, Jesus, at your word, I will. Pastor Phil, how am I supposed to respond to the word? This is how you respond to it. Jesus, at your word, I will. Jesus, if you said that, I will do it. And you know what? God watches over his word to perform it. He's watching over his word. God cannot lie. People ask me, are there some things that God cannot do? There are some things that God cannot do. God can never lie. So the problem is not God's word. The problem is our response to his word. And Peter says, Jesus, at your word, I will. Look at verse six. And when they had done this, notice, when they had done this, when they did what? When they launched out into the deep, when they did what Jesus said, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners. They signaled, my dad does that great whistle, like shh, I mean, he could call, he could call like taxi cabs, right? Shh, and then all of a sudden, like four taxi cabs, they know that whistle. But I am a failure. <laughs> so they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. Listen to this. And they came and filled both the boats so that they begin to sink. Isn't this interesting? Because Jesus tells Peter to th throw down your nets. Peter throws down one net. And even with Peter's little faith, God still did a miraculous miracle. And you know what? When they responded, here's number three. You want extraordinary results? Here's number three. Jesus always exceeds the need. He always exceeds the need. See, what Peter couldn't do, he could actually do with Jesus. And here lies the frustration. But mind you, Peter responded. And look how Jesus responded. His decision to respond produced extraordinary fish. Produced extraordinary fish catch. And my church family, it didn't end there. Look at what Peter's, Peter does in verse eight. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down saying, 
Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. One translation says, you will be a fisher of men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. My church family, Peter responds well again. After this great catch, notice he just didn't walk off. He got down on his knees and he worshiped Jesus because Peter realized without you, Jesus, my nets are empty. Without you, Jesus, I'm frustrated and disappointed and my life has no meaning. But Lord, with you, I have caught a net breaking boat sinking catch that took my business from ordinary to extraordinary. And he didn't walk away. He worshiped. And he worshiped. And here's number four. You need to realize if you want extraordinary results, that Jesus sees me as I'm supposed to be. You know, on the beach that day when Jesus was walking, he didn't just see this loud mouth fisherman. He saw Peter as he was supposed to be. See, when Jesus saw Peter, he didn't just see empty nets. He didn't just see an empty boat. He saw nets bursting with fish. He saw a boat bursting with fish. But when Jesus saw Peter, he saw a fisher of men. Not just your ordinary fishermen. He saw a fisher of men. Peter's doing ordinary things. And Jesus sees a new disciple. Someone that would follow him and would be a leader in the church. Someone would, who would have books written after him. See, you need to know today that Jesus doesn't just look at you where you are. He looks at you as you're supposed to be. He doesn't just see your here and now. He sees beyond you and he sees into the future. He sees into the future. He doesn't see just where you're at. He sees where you're going. And let me just encourage you, my church family, don't let people speak to you that you are inferior when Jesus, who is superior, is telling you who you are and who you can be. See, in the ordinary day at the beach, Peter experienced the extraordinary. Here's number five. If you want extraordinary results, I want you to think about this. You will never know what lies on the other side of your obedience. Peter could have said, 
I'm not launching out into the deep. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I toiled all night. Uh uh. Uh uh. Can I say this as well? You will never know what lies on the other side of your disobedience either. Because I've known people that didn't respond and it didn't turn out well for them. Because again, I am responsible for my response, God is responsible for my results. He brings that. But you know what? Peter just didn't catch a bunch of fish. On the other side of Peter's obedience, Peter got a whole new business. Man, that's great. But you know what? That wasn't it. Peter got a whole new identity. Jesus said, from now on, Peter, you're not just a fisherman. You are actually going to catch people for my divine kingdom. You are going to be a fisher of men. Peter would be the first one. He would preach the first sermon in the history of the church. And 3,000 people would give their lives to Jesus. You know why? Can you put point number five back on the screen? Because you never know what lies on the other side of your obedience. My church family, you never know who is on the other side of your obedience that is waiting for you to take that step. And here's what I love. Do you know that when you follow God's word, when you follow it, it will produce in you who God wants you to be. This right here, as I take that step, I launch out into the deep, like some are today, this baptism Sunday, they're making a public profession of their faith. You know what? One step today, or just an ordinary, we're going to go into the pool, and you know what? We're going to do baptism is a step where God can do extraordinary things in people's lives. And here's where I want to close this morning. You know, this is what I think is funny about this whole story that we just read. Peter is trying to catch fish and Jesus was trying to catch a fisherman. I almost called this message how to hook a fisherman or finding Nemo. I didn't know, but I thought more because it had to do with the fish. I just thought with all that fish, you had to find Nemo at some point. But you know, Jesus really wasn't interested in the fish. He was interested in Peter. This story is not really about fish, ladies and gentlemen. This story is about the character of Jesus and what he does in people's lives. He wanted Peter to experience the extraordinary. And here's what we need to know as we kick off this series today. Jesus uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Extraordinary things. Extraordinary things. And I want to end with this question today. Have you allowed Jesus in your ordinary? So I'm going to tell you, you're here today at church and I love it. I, there's a hunger today. Right now, 
There's a hunger for God's word. You're here. You showed up. Man, that's awesome. But see, what we can do sometimes is we can categorize our life and say, oh, Jesus, I'm hungry for you on Easter, on Christmas, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And yet tomorrow, as I get up in my ordinary house, eat my ordinary Cheerios, multigrain Cheerios, eat those, have my coffee, get in my car and head to work. Is Jesus invited in my ordinary? Because here's what we're going to find in this series. It was ordinary people, ordinary situations, and they did things and it produced extraordinary results. And I want to tell you, in your ordinary, God can do extraordinary. I think some of you are in deep thought. I didn't know this was going to be this deep. But because I love you, I'm going to say it again. So maybe we'll get an amen. In your ordinary, God can do extraordinary. Amen. I'm going to say it one more time. So maybe we'll even get a round of applause for ordinary people who want extraordinary. But let me press pause here. You are never meant to be ordinary. God wants to do in your ordinary something extraordinary. You got it. You got it. I was, I was concerned there for a moment, but you, you got it. You got it. You got it. And we serve an extraordinary God who does the miraculous in people's lives. Ordinary people ordinary things, extraordinary God. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.